it doesn't look that scary when you're in the water. As you climb up, it gets to look scarier. And then when you're at the top and looking down, what happens is the water's so clear that you're looking down and you see all the rocks below you and you think, whoa, I don't think this is deep enough. Like, because you can see, because from the top you're looking down, you can see all the rocks. You're like, I'm going to hit those rocks. You won't. <laughs> you won't, I hope. This is final goal for me. The Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, episode 248. There are only 11,400 residents of Santorini, but every year the island gets over 500,000 tourists. And they all want to see the sunset in Oya. Yesterday, as I was walking through the grocery store, I saw one of those calendars, and it said the 12 most beautiful places in the world, and it was, it was a wall calendar, and every time I see one of those calendars, I'm reminded of the first time I opened a checking account. I went into the bank, and the banker actually had on his wall a calendar of Mallorca and all these amazing castles and cliffs, and I thought, I need to get to that place. Now, I've still never been to Mallorca, sadly. I know. I got to get there. But every time I see one of these calendars, I'm reminded of how many amazingly beautiful places there are in the world and how much I have to get out and even travel more to be able to see these places. And I know when I go out traveling that the thing that I'm going to be taking with me is my Tortuga backpack. It's the perfect carry-on size. I love it. I've brought it around the world with me already. It's going to stay with me as I continue to sort out and see these amazingly beautiful places. So if you're looking for the best travel backpack, don't forget you can head to tortugabackpacks.com. You can use a promo code EPOP, that's E-P-O-P, all capital letters, because that will get you 10% off your entire order. Hello, travel nerds, and welcome to the Extra Pack of Peanuts Travel Podcast, the show that teaches you how to travel more while spending less. I'm your host, Travis Sherry, and joining me today is the queen of nachos, my wife and constant travel companion, Heather. (laughs) Hi, everyone. Queen of nachos because you like nachos, but more because you make awesome nachos. Well, thank you. I just made nachos for lunch, and we were meaning to record this podcast right after lunch, but Trev had what I call a nacho low, where he had to like rest on the couch for a few minutes, which just turned into like 20 minutes. And then he got a nacho high because he went back to have like one last bite, and now he's being super amped up and crazy. Someone had to finish the guac, and there was one scoop of guac left. And uh, yeah, the nacho low. It's a tough life being a podcaster. <laughs> after you eat a whole tray of nachos. But these nachos are on par with any of the nachos I've had around the world. Oh, thanks. Heth makes really, really good nachos. And today, what we're going to be talking about has nothing to do with nachos. (laughs) And it's a completely different area and completely different food. But we did have some amazing food there. And that is the island of Santorini in Greece, which when people think of Greece, typically they think of two places, right? Athens and Santorini. And since... 
I was very, very sick when we were in Athens. We could not do a Destination Diary episode about Athens. No. We didn't really see anything in Athens except the inside of the bathroom. So we did see a lot in Santorini, and we're going to be telling you all about the best things that we did in Santorini. So if you're new to the podcast, what we do on these Destination Diary episodes is we give you a real-life look at the stuff we did, the places we ate, the places we stayed, kind of an on-the-ground report for that area. And we came to Santorini from the island of Paros. So if you are going to Greece, highly recommend we check you check out Paros. And we did a Paros Destination Diary episode as well. Yeah, Paros is a great island. It's bigger than Santorini, but really it's a lot less touristed. So it's really relaxed there and fun. And we had a great time there. But of course, we wanted to go to Santorini because you can't go to the Greek Isles without going to Santorini because it's kind of the epitome of what you think a Greek island should look like, at least, you know, the, the dramatic cliffs and the beautiful villages. Yeah, and a lot of what we were reading from a lot of the Greek travel guides, which is really cool, said, you know, if there's one island that you have to go to, it is Santorini. And that is because when you think of the Greek islands, as Heather said, you think of those whitewashed buildings and those dramatic cliffs, and you see the caldera, and that is Santorini. So, as one of our friends put it, oh, you just did the basic Greek. I think he said standard. Yeah. Because like, he said, oh, we're going to find in Athens, we're going to Paros, then we're going to Santorini. He goes, oh, you're just doing the standard. And we're like, yeah. Well, guess what? The standard was pretty good. Santorini, for all the hype, uh, lives up to it. You know, Would I need to go back to Santorini? I mean, I, I certainly wouldn't wouldn't turn it down. But I think there's a lot more place if you're going to go remote. But this is a great, great introduction into the Greek Isles. And so I guess the way we should start here is telling people, you know, how do you get into Santorini? How did we get into Santorini? And then how did we get out? Because we came one way and we left another way. So we took the ferry from Paros, which we originally came from Athens. So you can go directly Athens to Santorini, but I'm pretty sure it always stops in Paros, whether you stay in Paros or not. Yeah, and you're looking at probably four hours on a high-speed catamaran or seven to eight hours if you take the regular Blue Star Ferry. Right. And so even from Paros, it was about three and a half hours, Yeah, I think. I think a little under three and a half hours, yep. And, you know, the ferries are really nice. They're really comfortable. So definitely a good way to see the islands. But only cost us 19 euros from Paros to Santorini. So I mean, you know, pretty affordable where I, I did a little research because we didn't take the high speed catamaran, but that's 42 euros. And you're, it's still taking almost two hours. So to save an hour, you're paying over double. Yeah. And uh, people say they can be choppier. You know, so it's not as comfortable a ride. But anyway, my favorite way to get in and out of Santorini is definitely the la- the way that we left the island, which is by plane. Yeah, Santorini and- has a, a, you know, a nice airport that has a lot of traffic coming in, out of, in and out of it because it's such a popular destination. Yeah. And so we actually flew out of Santorini back to, Lo- not back to, we didn't come to, but we flew from Santorini to London. And there's a lot of uh, direct flight, not a lot, but there's, I think, three direct or four direct flights a day from London. Um, There's also a lot from Athens. So you can take domestic trip, you know, domestic Greek um, things from Athens to Santorini and and relatively inexpensive if you book early. This is a type of thing that a lot of people don't want to spend their time on the ferries just to go Athens to Santorini unless they're island hopping like we did. So these do book up early, but you can get stuff 
pretty cheap. Uh, we saw stuff as low as, I believe, 50 to $60 per person, again, on some of the budget airlines. So you can fly into Santorini too, which is pretty nice, especially if you're only going to go into Santorini or you're going to start your journey there. You could fly into Santorini and then go yeah. on onwards from Definitely. there. Now, actually, we should mention about the ferries and coming into the port. Santorini has a new port now, and it's really cool when you, when you come up to it on the ferry. You just come up and it's just these rock walls that these cliffs it's very dramatic but the problem with that is that there's not there's no taxis there yeah, the problem is if you don't know what to do which is what happened to us when we arrived on the ferry and thought oh well we'll just get i mean we're gonna arrive into a town like when you arrive on the ferry in paros you're in Perikia, you're in the town you so just you grab walk a taxi around, do whatever. and you get get no. to your hotel. So, it was mayhem when you get off yeah, the ferry. In Santorini, in Santorini, what you need to do, you have two options. You book your accommodation and a lot of accommodations have their own shuttle. Usually costs more, but you need to book that in advance. And that's great. If you don't do that or your hotel doesn't have a shuttle, you have to take the bus, which is fine, but you have to know that there's no taxis. You have to take a bus. The bus is cheap. It's like Two dollars or something. Yeah, two, three dollars, and you take Euros. you get a, it's it's a public bus, and you take it from the port up to the town of Fira, which is kind of where all the bus routes um, go through Fira all the time. So if you're staying up in Fira, you could take it to that, and then w- maybe walk to your accommodations from there. If you're staying somewhere else, like we did, then you hop on another bus or get a taxi. Good point with the taxis too. Have they're not there aren't that many on Santorini for how many people are there. Now, if you're there in the off season, sure, it's probably pretty easy to get a taxi. But if you're there during the summer, we had heard someone say there's only 35 taxis on the island. And that's because it's really not that big. It's just that when the ferry arrives, everyone needs one. And and you said you have those two options. And there is, I guess, a third option that's an in-between of those where you might not get a shuttle that is with your hotel, but they do have like, I don't know what you call them, but like super shuttles where they'll go to different people's hotels as okay. well. So we took the quote unquote public bus. It was pretty easy. Took us into Fira. And then to get around Santorini, you've got some options as well. Yeah. Well, you definitely need some type of transportation. There are buses. They're pretty easy to take. They're very There's comfortable. Only like five bus lines. Like it's not hard to figure out. They're, you know, really nice buses actually. But another way, which is our preferred way, was that we rented a motorbike, and that was amazing, super fun, great way to see the island. That's about 15 to 20 euros per day. Or you could rent a car, which is about 30 to $40 a day. Yeah, 30 to 40 it depends. They also have like um, quads, like four-wheelers. So if you don't feel comfortable on a motorbike, like we mentioned in Paros, we like motorbikes because they're fun. But if you don't feel comfortable on a motorbike, you could get a four-wheeler, which is you know a little more sturdy, steady. A little more expensive, but same idea. And um, and we should mention that a lot of people did just take the buses. We were motorbiking around because we like to have the flexibility to go where we want. That's one of our favorite things to do whenever we travel anyway because it gives us that freedom. But there were plenty of people who were getting on and off the buses at all the bus stops. And yeah, we're not talking about locals. We're talking about tourists. So it's easy to do on Santorini because nothing is that far away and there it's not really complicated so certainly able to do um just buses but we recommend grabbing a motorbike or a four-wheeler or a car because it's just there's a lot to do that if you don't want to be beholden to anyone's schedule it just makes it a lot easier yeah and then that's right they do have four wheelers which are really safe and easy to drive if you're uncomfortable being on a motorbike and it's my preferred way because we went to a lot of beaches that were you know not as easy to not as accessible by bus, I think. 
Right, right. And um, the car, not a bad option. There is some decent parking, and, and we'll go into the areas right now, but there's some decent parking if you're staying outside of Fira or outside of Oya, but if you're like right in the center of some of these areas, Fira and Oya, it might be a little hard to park. You might find the streets kind of small uh, if you're not used to driving in Europe in these small areas, um, which again, makes a motorbike pretty easy. So just be aware of that. And, and speaking of areas, you know, we want to give you an idea of where to stay because coming into Santorini, you do have some options. Um, and if you look at a map, you'll see it's not that big, but there's there's distinct sides. The one side, which is the west side of the island, um, overlooks the caldera, which for we kept hearing people say caldera, caldera, caldera. We just knew, okay, that means like the awesome dramatic cliffscape. But we didn't actually know what a caldera was, so eventually we looked, we looked it, up. it up. And what it is is basically a, a volcano that has erupted, and then you know, most of it has sunk beneath the ocean or land. Because the calderas don't have to be in the ocean; they can be, you know, inland as well. But that's what a caldera is. It's it's a volcano, and. You can, I mean, it's so beautiful in Santorini and that's why it's so popular because you see these dramatic villages on the cliffs and then you can see kind of the the ring of the volcano off in the distance, you know, separated by the ocean. And it, it's just an amazing place, but it's really expensive to stay with a, cal, a, with a caldera view. Yeah, exactly. And you have, so you have the towns kind of on the West Coast that called, and you have the hotels that are then right on the edges that have the amazing caldera views, and we're talking hundreds of dollars a night. We're talk- this is peak season. Remember, we went end of August, so peak season was still there. That's when most people will probably go. So, of course, you can get stuff a lot cheaper if you're there off peak. Yeah, but we're talking hundreds of dollars a night. It's into thousands of dollars a night if you're getting like these super villas. So caldera view, pretty expensive. And then on the other side of the island, you have the beaches because the caldera doesn't have beaches because you're it's on a cliff. cliff. So you, you kind of have to choose which you want and then go in between. So if you're looking, all, let's start with the caldera view. If you're looking at the caldera um, up at the north, you have Oya. And that's probably the, that's the quintessential Santorini whitewash buildings. That's where everyone goes to sunset. That's where you see the pictures of Santorini. It's in Oya. And you can find some places that are affordable in Oya. You can even find great Airbnbs in Oya. But you must book early if you want to stay in Oya and you want it to be a reasonably priced place. You know, you can find things that are 80 to $100 a night, but they get booked a year in advance. So if you're going and you want to stay in Oya, which I would recommend and probably for a few the, nights And probably I least. would say the 80 to $100 ones, you're, you don't have a caldera view from your room. I mean, this is, you might be in the town of Oya, but you're going to have to walk to the view, I would guess. I mean, the ones that are right there that you can basically have a balcony that looks over the cliff, they're going to be expensive. No, they're going to be a couple totally hundred dollars. Times, yeah. um, but to stay in Oya, there there was really nothing in Oya when we went because we booked literally two weeks before we went, and the only thing, the only things that were available were up in the like eight hundred dollar range a night. So you know, book early, decide if you want to splurge and stay in Oya. You can also stay um, in Imirgov. Emir Gavelli, I think yeah, is how you Emir say Gavelli. it. In between Fira, the, the main, the biggest city, and Oya is this Emir Gavelli. And it's more Caldera views, but it doesn't have like a little town. Like Oya is a town and Emir Gavelli is much, much smaller, but you can still, 
get the beautiful views and you're only about a 10, 15 minute drive from Oya or Fira because it's right in the middle. Yeah. And then and then Fira, as you work your way down south a little bit, Fira is where everything's kind of the main part of it where most of the stuff is happening. Again, they have some really nice hotels there right on the caldera. They're going to be fairly expensive. The town itself, the area itself is much more busy because that's where all the buses come in. That's where everyone comes in. So much busier, much more happening. But... Uh, it's crowded. It's crowded. So especially during peak season. So, you know, you have to decide what you want. If if you're going to spend money and you want the Caldera views, you know, go up to Oya, um, Amir Gavelli, you could check out Fear and, and maybe find something a little quieter. And that's that side of the island, basically. What we did was was not that, because as Heather mentioned, everything <laughs> was so expensive, we booked last minute. We actually then stayed on the east side. And so if you're on the east side, there is... Starting with where we stayed, and we'll give you the pros and cons of that. Uh, it's a town called, or not even a town. It's a, it's an area called <laughs> Monolithus, and it's right by the airport. So pro, right by the airport. If you have a motorbike, you can find a way that all you like. <laughs> both of you are on the motorbike with your bags, and you drive the five minutes to the airport and drop your bike off, which we, we did. Which it we looked did. ridiculous. It looked ridiculous. We were like those people in the Dominican or Thailand where you're like shoving chickens on our heads and yeah, three that's kids what we looked like. like in that. Santorini. But you might think it's negative to be near the airport because you think of like these big airports, but it's not a huge airport. No. So there's not a lot of flights landing. It's not noisy. It's not loud. It, it's actually, if you want a place that's the, one of the most peaceful remote places you can get on the island, that's Monolithus. So the benefit is it's very quiet. Um, it also has a beach right there. So we stayed in a place and it's cheap. Well, we stayed in a place that was 70 bucks a night. That was great. Memories. Um, beach, hotel, beach Hotel, right at Monolithus. Really nice rooms, updated, a great pool, really yeah, nice and for 70 breakfast. or 60, 70 bucks. Yeah, so I mean, it was a great, is a steal on Santorini. And, and the beach is right across the road. The problem with the beach is, well, it's just really, really shallow. So it's really great for families, like with little kids, because the beach, I mean, we're talking, it gets up to, it, it doesn't get deeper than your knees, even if you're walking like half a mile out into the ocean. Yeah, so it's so, really good. And the, the beach is more comfortable because a lot of the beaches in on Santorini are rocky. And this one wasn't, it had more sand to it. Right. So Monolithus is good for that. It's not good for wanting to be around anything else, basically, because there's, there's two like or three, three restaurants, restaurants there and it's fine. And again, it's remote and quiet, but... We got a little bored, and the beach is is okay, well, but it's not the nicest. We beach. didn't get bored because every day we left on the motorbike. Well, that's what and I meant. We, we would have got bored if we yeah, just yeah. But there. we didn't even stay there one day. Did we didn't even stay a whole day just like at our hotel? We basically every day went out on the bike, which is nice. But you know, then you're not really utilizing the hotel at all because right. you're leaving it to go explore the island. Yeah. So Monolithus and all a decent option for families. Um, for someone who wants to just budget and they don't care because they're going to be leaving it, but to stay just in that area and you and you want to just stay there uh, might be pretty tough and get boring. But where we would recommend is if you go south of that, well, there's an area, first we'll go to Kamari, which is the area directly south of Monolithus. We did not like that at all. It was a stone beach. Uh, it was a black, I mean, it's cool because it was like black, but it was stone. We didn't yeah, like it. Yeah, it was all pebbles, big pebbles, and it was really crowded, and I didn't think that the town was very quaint. I didn't like it that no. much. No, so we would recommend you keep going further south. Now, there's a huge mountain in between, so to go south, you have to go basically all the way around the mountain, which <laughs> takes like 25 minutes, but the next beach down is called Parissa, and, and, there's, that... a, and it's, there's another beach called Perivolis, and they're 
you don't know where one ends and where the other. And this would definitely be my pick, both of our picks, I think, for where to stay in Santorini if you want to be on the beach. And we didn't even know really about the beaches or the area before we went, which is why we're telling you, because I wish that I had listened to a podcast that said, go to this beach. If you want to be on the beach, stay at Parissa. It's awesome. They have tons of great restaurants, cafes. Um, there, I think the hotels are pretty affordable. A lot of the hotels from the outside, what we could see, looked really, really nice. And Paris is fairly big too. So if you're looking for budget, you don't have to stay at a one right on the beach. You stay like a, a couple blocks off, and you can get really decent prices. But then it's you know you can walk to the beach, take a motorbike to the beach, whatever. And then of course, if you want to be right at the beach, there's the option. So it's cool because they have the, all the options. It would definitely be my pick as well. Have this being. Uh, you know, a great place to be, not near as expensive as Oya is going to be. And then what we, I would do is I would then pick one or two nights where you either get your car or your motorbike or even take the bus and you go and do sunset and a nice dinner over on the call there. So you're not spending the money to stay there, but you're going in and getting that experience as well. Yeah. Or if you got a week, do yeah, split your two time. or three nights at a really expensive one in Oya or, and then come and, and spend a few on the beach. Yeah. Because that is the problem with being at the caldera is then you have to, it takes you 30, 35 minutes to get to the beach and the caldera is cool to look at, but if you want to spend, you might not want to spend all day there where you can spend all day on the beach at Parissa. Yeah. So another tip, if you, you know, aren't staying at these beaches and you, you know, so your hotel doesn't have beach chairs or something, you can at most of the cafes on Parissa beach, if you eat at the restaurant or the cafe, you then have access to that cafe or restaurants beach chairs for free so you eat and then you can just sit in the chairs for free which is super nice and we did it two days in a row at um one of our favorite restaurants which we'll get to when well, we get which to the we'll eating we'll get to right now because oh. we're in the eating okay. um and everything else is just really an excuse for us to tell you about our eating and drinking experiences <laughs> and as you mentioned think of Paris as like a two or three mile long beach. It's pretty long. And there's just tons of beach chairs and umbrellas. And then there's little areas where you can sit if if you just want to have your own blanket out. That's totally fine. But all of those are then on the beach and then right behind them are cafes. So typically or 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 hotels. So as you mentioned, we ate at a place called Afros, which is one of the best places we ate in all of Greece. And it was fantastic. So good. It was a seafood restaurant. And some a local person actually at one of the wineries recommended it to us, which I can't thank her enough because we went and we had the best calamari and Greek salad and bread. It was just a great restaurant. And then we, we saw a sign that said, you know, if you eat here, you have welcome to the beach and use our free beach chairs. So we're like, really? That's cool. And then we sat at the beach for... Yeah couple hours. Yeah, and it was great because we went actually went back the next day. We found our second to last day. So our last two days we ate at Afros. And what you can do, the first day we ate kind of in the little patio, right? In the right restaurant. Across the beach. Yeah, across. But really what you can do and what most people did is you lay on the beach chair and it's awesome. You're sitting there looking at the ocean and you order from them and then they bring you whatever drinks and food you want. And as we mentioned, both days we got really, really awesome calamari, really, really amazing fresh Greek salad. And you're just sitting there eating that on the beach. Yeah, and drinking then going some wine. For a drink, or going for a dip, 
getting back out, sunning yourself and eating. It's a pretty yeah. nice lifestyle. It's awesome. And it wasn't, I don't think it was too expensive. It was like a really reasonable price. No, it was, it was like, you know, maybe a euro more for each thing you'd spend. So our calamari was maybe nine euros and our salad was like six euros instead of eight and five or something like that. Totally affordable, really nice people. Highly recommend Offros. That's in Parissa, but really Perivolis, which is the basically the same beach. Um, <laughs> another place that we recommend eating at, but you're going to have to get a reservation. And that's because everyone who recommends a place in Santorini recommends this place. And it's called Matoxi Moss. The food at this restaurant was so incredibly good. I still think about it to this day. It's amazing. It's really it's really awesome. You can also have, it is a view from there as well. You're not on the cliffs. You're kind of in the middle of the island, but it's high up on one of the little mountains. So you can see a really nice sunset from there as well. It's not as dramatic as Oya, but it's really beautiful. You can sit inside or outside and they just They've have got weird great- opening hours though. Like they start, they open at two. And we went at what? Four, because apparently at five, you know, they start getting really booked up for dinner. So you need reservations if you're going to do a sunset. But they don't open at noon for lunch. They open at two. I don't know why, (laughs) but they do. And uh, we went at four and we didn't have a reservation, but it's already getting really packed. And by the time we left at 530, if you didn't have a reservation, there was no way you were getting in. Especially for the outside When when we walked up at four and asked if they could squeeze us in, I mean, there was only one table. Yeah, and there's only two, two of us. So yeah. It was easy to kind of squeeze in, but well worth it. You know, and this isn't like you have to book reservations months in advance. You could probably call for the next night or the two yeah, nights. definitely. But just, it's like a Greek taverna, homemade stuff, cheap and big portions. So it's not this super fancy place. It's this cool kind of like you're in someone's big dining room feel. And uh, and just typical Greek food that, yeah, big portions. And we're talking about entrees running from 9 to 15 euros maybe. Um, yeah. And just really, really good food. There's something. There's a few things there that you were like dying. Well, my favorite for. thing I think was feta wrapped in phyllo dough, deep fried with nice warmed up honey and sesame seeds. Yeah. That was pretty awesome. It was so good. I'm trying to make it here in the U.S. And I think I'm going to try it this weekend. But... That was really good. We also had a baked eggplant dish that was just eggplants and tomato sauce and cheese. And that was absolutely delicious. And again, those delicious. appetizers are like five to seven euros, maybe something like that. That For me, not only was that filo dough incredible, but it was also they had these amazing potatoes that were like French fries, but they weren't. They were like they a little were like sliced potatoes, sliced potatoes, but deep fried. Basically, the best potatoes I've ever eaten. Yeah, and uh, and so that stuff actually outshone for us the main courses. Like I got this pork belly, which was good. Heather got these um, baked mussels, which were good. But it was the other stuff that we had that was really really fantastic. So I would recommend you go if you're with a group. Everyone just pick stuff that they like and, and just, just share. share. It's it's an amazing restaurant. So definitely go to Matoxi Mouse while you are there. And if you've got a motorbike, it's cool because going up and down the mountain that's right outside of it is uh you're going back and forth these hairpin turns which is it's which really is, fun which is fun um so metoxy moss we to get a good if you listen to our paris destination diary um you know that i'm a big fan of the euros gyros however you want to say it we'll say euros for on this one um nothing 
even came close to Steakhouse, my favorite year ever <laughs> on Paros. But there was a place in Fear that was recommend, recommended called Nick's, and we went there for a decent euro. So if you're in Fira and you just want a quick bite, uh, head there. They also have falafel. Yeah, they have falafel. Like it was a good little things. spot. Yeah. Good little spot. Quick, fast food. And then there was two gelato places, of course, that we had to try. Um, right next to Nick's in Fira is a place called Solo Gelato that says they have the freshest gelato in the world. And she was explaining to us how they do it. And they make it new every day and something with like, the, uh, you know, basically it's super fresh and it was awesome. Really it was good. really good and not like really heavily, like not, not super heavy and creamy. I mean, gelato doesn't have cream in it, but it wasn't this heavy thing. It, w- it was. They had a lot of sorbets as yeah, well, little, a lot of yeah. fresh fruits, and it was really good. And also, they said that they made the best coffee in Santorini, which I didn't get to try it because we were there at like 10 p.m. And I thought we'd make it back in the morning one day, and we never did. But from from what they said, I think they have pretty good. coffee. It was a cute, quaint spot that obviously is, they take a lot of pride in what they do. So Solo Gelato, if you're in Fira, check it out. There's a few right next to each other. This was on our, it was recommended to us. We went. And it was it was really, really good. If you go up to Oya for sunset, which is one of the things you should do, and that's what we're going to lead into in just a moment, um, make sure that you go, if you like gelato, and why wouldn't you like gelato, make sure you go to Lolita's, grab a gelato right there, and then go watch sunset, because the only thing better than a sunset in Santorini is a sunset in Santorini with gelato. <laughs> so Lolita's was up there in Oya, and it was it was really, really good. Uh, you know, not my favorite ever, I can't say that, but it was it was a solid three and a half out of five. So there we go. Yeah, awesome. So drinking in Santorini, they have a lot of wine. I mean, it's mostly white wines because of the grapes, but they have a lot of wineries. We only went to one, but you could do a whole day of winery touring. You could do a whole three days well, of winery touring. of course touring. you could, yeah. Uh, we went to this one called Art Space, which is actually an art museum and a winery, and their wine was pretty good. We did a tasting. We bought a bottle. It was a great experience. Really nice spot. And it's actually just right down the mountain from Metoximos. So you could plan it either way, like go to the winery first, then go to Metoximos or do it after, which we did um, because we went to Metoximos so early at four. So that's a great little spot. And then right next to it, almost the, it might be the next building over, is uh, the Santorini Brewing Company, which, you know, Greece is not known for its beer. It certainly, uh, you know, just has a lot of regular beer that isn't very good. Um, Santorini Brewing Company is a craft beer spot. You can go in. They can only give you samples, but, you know, you can do tasting in there. They can't serve you at this point, like, um, pints or anything like that. So you're not really drinking in, but you can take it to go. And it's much cheaper getting it there than it is to get at some of the restaurants around. You know, you're talking, I think, three euros a bottle, whereas at the restaurants, it's going to be like five, six euros. And uh, and decent, like, surprisingly fairly yeah, decent. Yeah, really, pr- like, good beer. Yeah, their yellow donkey beer which is their most standard one, was actually our favorite. They do yellow donkey, red donkey, like crazy donkey. And uh, the yellow donkey, we thought, oh, you know, they're saying it's their most basic beer. It's not that hoppy. Um, we actually really, really enjoyed it. So head there. It's just a cool little thing. I mean, you could be in and out in 15 minutes. You have a few tastings, and there you go. You get a few beers, and then you bring them back to wherever you are. You drink on the beach, what have you. So um, yeah, Santorini Brewing Company, worth worth checking out for sure. As well as other things to do, like we mentioned, one of the best things is just to get a motorbike and go around, and we use that motorbike to get to one of the most famous places in Santorini, and that's the Red Beach, and that is 
almost all the way at the bottom of the island. Yeah, so Santorini, because, you know, it's part of a volcano, is kind of like a curve, like a moon. So if you're think- looking at it in Oya's at the very top, Red Beach is at the other, like the bottom curve all the way on the south side. So it's a bit of a trek to get there. I think it took us almost an hour. Yeah, and if you were coming from Oya, it'd probably take you like an hour and 20 minutes, maybe, something like that. It's It's far. Yeah, because it's it, the, the island is very long, but it's narrow. So anyway, but it's worth it. It's really cool. Yeah, you really can, cool. It's a red beach. Yeah, you park your bike or your car, you get off the bus there, and then you have to hike. It's just a little hike, maybe 10 minutes to get to the red beach, which is just like this volcanic rock that fell onto a beach. And it's all these little red, kind of red and black, teeny tiny little pieces of rock. Yeah, and it you know you have the cliff right there, so it's like a cliff, a red cliff that leads on this little stretch of beach. Uh, it was really packed when we were there, but that's it, fine. And to me, it was my favorite beach to swim in. This and Parissa, for different reasons. Red Beach was super packed. You can't stay on Red Beach. There's nothing there. You There's know, there's no restaurants, so no. don't go hungry, which is what we did. We there's were like a few hungry. fruit stands and things like that, but there, you know, it's it's back in this cove on this cliff. So there's nowhere to stay. But it was great to swim in because there were some waves and it was fun. And obviously... It got you know, deep right away. Got you deep right away. and it's like four feet deep. There was this rock that I swam out to and you could like let the waves kind of wash you up on it and you're standing on it, but no one sees you're standing on a rock. So they think you're standing on the water. Well... Basically, everyone knows you're standing on a rock, but it's still cool. It's cool. Um, <laughs> and even that, even it's so red that even the colorblind kid like myself could could see it. Like I walked up, I'm like, "Whoa, this is red!" So yeah, if I can see the red, even though it's, it's rock, it's really small pieces. So it's like sand, and it's really comfortable to lay on. You know, yeah. not like some of the other beaches that have the bigger rocks. On yeah. It, so, so head to Red Beach. Expect it to be packed with people. There'll be sand for you to lay on though and swim and, and it'll be good and you stay there for a couple hours and, and then you leave. Um, right near Red Beach, something we were told to do but we didn't do because we didn't have time and we were hungry. As we mentioned, we went to Red Beach, we hadn't eaten anything. So food always takes precedence. Um, <laughs> so we didn't do this but look pretty neat. Akrotiri is this ancient town that's right there next to Red Beach and it is like a mini version of Pompeii. So the volcano exploded or erupted, exploded, erupted, and it it trapped this village, this area, um, and it preserved it. So again, we didn't go in, so we can't really speak. And to it that. does cost money. I think it was about twenty it was like, euros. Yeah, I like mean, twenty bucks, fifteen euros, something which like isn't that too per bad. Person. But we were just like, oh, it's only open for another forty five minutes. We're starving, and so we just skipped it. But we have friends who went there on their honeymoon, and they said it was really amazing to see. Yeah. So if you want a little bit of culture while you're uh, sunbathing and and you know on the beach and eating, go to Akrotori. Um, obviously, another thing to do if then we we head back up. Well, before we head back up to Oya and tell you what to do there, also between, as we mentioned, between the beaches, the beaches again are on the East Coast, between where we were in Monolithus and Kamari, there we said there's a huge mountain and you, you can't go over it. You have to go around it. Well, you have to go around it if you're driving. You can go over it if you're hiking, which is pretty neat. And it so, basically would take almost the same time yeah, as be, driving. Right. It's you, not a super hard hike. You can you can drive up, but you can't drive down uh, like the other side. So um, a lot of people were hiking up this all these switchbacks coming up and then just going over the top of the mountain and hiking back down to Parissa to the other beaches because it, it cuts the beaches in half basically. Um, we had to drive up, drive back down, and drive all the way around because we didn't even know that we couldn't keep going down. So just a cool thing: drive up, hike up if you want a day hike. Um, 
yeah, start in Kamari, go up the mountain. It probably takes you an hour to get up. Mm-hmm. Awesome views looking down both sides. And then it takes you about 45 minutes to get down. And then you're at the other beach down in Parissa. So a cool little thing to do no matter which side you're staying on. Yeah, it's definitely really neat. And then another hike that we wanted to do but just ran out of time is the cliff hike the coastal hike from fira up to oya right so which, now we're on the now we're on the caldera side yeah. guys if you know if you haven't if you've been there you know what we're saying if not we're switching from the beach side to the, the caldera side and you can do that hike which we've heard is really awesome because you're just basically hiking along the cliffs and i think it takes i mean it's pretty long though it takes about Four yeah, I think hours? they say. I mean, totally depends how quick you're gonna go, but somewhere between three to four hours. And then once you get to either city, you would have to probably take a bus back because you aren't gonna want to hike back, most likely. Right. So a lot of people wake up and do it for like sunrise or or in the morning. Of course, you could do it, and you could do it from either way. You could go Oya south to Fira. You could go Fira north to Oya. Doesn't really matter which way you go. Um, but when you're in Oya and when you get to Oya, one of the things to do and one of the biggest draws of Santorini is the sunsets. And of course, you can see a sunset no matter what side you're on on the caldera view. You could see the sunset because you're looking that way, right? You're you're looking west. Um, but Oya is because you're at the top and you're kind of along a crest. Like that's where everyone goes for sunset. So if you're up there, definitely do a sunset dinner in Oya. That was one thing we wanted to do. We didn't actually dinner there. We just went for the sunset. But what was really cool and my maybe my favorite thing to do in Santorini was there's a place called Amudi Bay. And Amudi Bay is basically down the cliff below Oya. Um, on the water. And what's neat about it is there's some cliff diving that you can do there. Totally free. You drive down, you park, you walk through all these little taverns and seafood restaurants that are right there on the water. Yeah, there's there's nothing there. It's like this, you know, it's the bottom of the cliff. So there's only one restaurant deep, you know, about four restaurants. Yeah, like built into the built rocks, into the rocks, basically. Into the and you just walk through the restaurants to get to the bay. Uh, you know, Yeah, just to get where it. you can do the cliff jumping. And, you know, it's pretty popular. People know about it. So there'll be other people there. And you have to kind of swim out to these rocks, climb up, and then jump off the cliff. It's pretty cool. Cool. It's it was really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. It's a beautiful spot. And you can I mean, Travis, how many times did you jump off? I it? think I did it three? three different times. And if you're going to get up there, it it doesn't look that scary when you're in the water. As you climb up, it gets to look scarier. And then when you're at the top and looking down, what happens is the water's so clear that you're looking down and you see all the rocks below you and you think, whoa. I don't think this is deep enough. Like, because you can see, because from the top, you're looking down, you can see all the rocks. You're like, I'm going to hit those rocks. You won't. <laughs> you won't, I hope. Uh, you know, people are doing it. I was doing it. There's a bunch of people there doing it. So, you know, it's just because it's so clear. They look like they're close, but you're not going to hit them. And when you're swimming down below, you know, you try to, you know, I do that little thing where you try to dive as deep as you can to touch the rocks where you don't ever even touch them. So um, it was cool. I, I made sure the first time I did it not to look down. I just kind of walked up to the edge and jumped off. Uh, just a really cool, fun, fun place. And then you can eat. We went back up to Oya to get the sunset. But what we should have done and what was recommended to us afterwards was just having dinner down in a Moody Bay because it's not as crowded. And you could just sit down there at one of the fish restaurants and just watch the sun go down for an hour. Yeah, basically. it's it would be beautiful. Awesome. 
highly recommended. You might need to make, well, you will need to make a reservation, I'm pretty sure, to do this. Um, two of the, there's only a few restaurants down there, yeah, but the best one we heard was Sunset. It's just called Sunset, Amaudi Bay. And then the other one is Amaudi uh, Fish Tavern. Yeah. So, and, and again, just there's, there's next only to each like other. four down there and they're all next to each other. So, um, yeah, we probably like we didn't have reservations, but people were asking us, "Oh, do you want to eat? Do you want to eat?" So maybe you could sneak in. You know, go down, cliff dive, eat down there, see a sunset. That would be a great three, four hour stretch. Absolutely, and then go up and get some. Yeah, ice cream, because if you're gelato. in Oya, it's really hard to find the sunset because you're in the town and there's all these buildings in the way. So unless you've booked at a restaurant, it's just it's rammed with people yeah. and it's really hard to find the sunset. Unless you're either down in a Maudi Bay or you've booked a restaurant in Oya. Right. So, yeah, I highly recommend going up there at least one of the nights um, to, to do what we just described and then maybe even going up again and having a really nice meal. Some of those ex- restaurants are really expensive in Oya, but, you know, treating yourself to a really nice meal for the sunset. So it's just nice and relaxing. Um, and, and that's really, I mean, that's what Santorini is about. You have the beaches on one side, you have the caldera and the views on the other side. And depending on how long you're going... You know, you could split it up, as we mentioned, a couple days in one, a couple days in the other. If you have a motorbike, again, the furthest you're ever going to go at once, really, Is if you went hour? from Oya all the way down to Red Beach, yeah, it might be an hour, hour and 10 one way, but that's as far as you, the furthest two spots from each other. So um, really cool. And, uh, we, you know, our recommendation, if you're looking for the best place area to stay, we really liked Parissa for the beaches, the cafes, cool spot to stay. And... Uh, a little cheaper than if you're going to be on the caldera and then save some of that money and go have a nice dinner and stuff like that. Perfect. Yeah. So we love Santorini. Highly recommend that you check out Santorini. If you've been to Greece, you probably have been to Santorini already. So we hope we spark some memories for you. And if you haven't been to Greece, like we hadn't, this will be one of the places that I would think might be one of your stops and, and should be one of your stops. It's, oh, it's really hyped. It's really popular. But it's worth it for a couple days. Um, and then I would recommend that people check out Paros as well. So if you're interested in Paros, we did the exact same thing. Destination Diary on Paros where we gave you everything that we saw and did and the best places to eat and uh, just like we did here. So check that out. We also have a ton of other Destination Diary episodes. I don't have them listed, so we're just going to rattle off some of them. But we've done stuff in the States like Portland, Philadelphia, Chicago, We've done Nashville, Nashville, not sure, New Orleans, I think we did. We've done some in Asia, Japan, Thailand. Yeah, India. We've done one on Colorado. We've done one on... So we've done a lot. Check out the Destination Diaries on Extra Pack of Peanuts and, and... that's our inside scoop on those destinations. So hope you like this one. Don't forget to, no matter where you're going, if you're looking for a travel backpack, one that's carry-on size, head on over to tortugabackpacks.com. You can check that out. Um, depending on when you're listening, they will have already released or just getting prepared to release their version three of their Tortuga backpack, which has some really cool functions um, including being basically waterproof without needing a rain cover, which is pretty cool and a, and a new thing that they added there. So check that out, tortugabackpacks.com. Don't forget to use the promo code EPOP, E-P-O-P, all capital letters. Also, you know, we haven't talked a lot on the podcast, but if you're listening to the podcast and you want to actually visually see what's going on and, and see some of these pictures of Santorini, and actually Heather snapped an awesome picture of me cliff diving where I tried to pop uh, do an EPOP pose. <laughs> we put that up on our Instagram and our Twitter 
and our Facebook. So definitely follow along on social media if you aren't already. We're at Pack of Peanuts on Instagram and Heather. At Heather Sherry. At Heather Sherry. And then on Twitter, at Pack of Peanuts, at Sartorial Stripe for Heather, although you should just probably follow mine and we'll put our stuff up. So at Pack of Peanuts Instagram, at Pack of Peanuts Twitter, at Heather Sherry on Instagram, and then Extra Pack of Peanuts on Facebook. Check that out. Um, When we travel, we try to put up stuff a couple times a day so you can follow along with us in real time and we always get awesome suggestions from people and and comments so we love interacting that way so don't forget to follow us there yeah take a breath after that yeah so thank (laughs) you guys for joining us today thank you for the continued support as always we really really appreciate it because you listen we are able to stay as the number one rated podcast travel podcast not podcast number one rated travel podcast on itunes and until next time happy free travels 